Hello, welcome to Mod Midwives, a Metro Midwifery podcast. I'm Gina Gerbach. And I'm Nedra Hale, and we are homebrew midwives serving the Denver metro area. Welcome to the new week, the new podcast. So you've had a busy day. What have you been up to today? I am car shopping because my car is used up that I'm driving right now. So I'm a little terrified because I like not having a car payment. So (laughs) yeah. I've had a car payment for a little while now, and I'm used to it, but yeah, it's a drag. It's an interesting experience because, you know, they're doing COVID stuff, so everything is over email, and that's nice, but weird because there's just like a communication gap. Yeah. But let me tell you, it's better than sitting in front in the dealership. I hate that. Too. Oh my gosh, so, yes. Yeah. I had my car serviced today at the same dealership, I think, and um, it was great. They came and picked up my car and took it, and they said, oh. "How do you?" They said, "Leave a note. Where do you want to leave it? Where do you want to put the keys?" And so I just made a little plan for them. And wow, yeah, that's cool. they texted me when they were on their way, so I could pull it out of the garage, and um, and they took it back and did the service and brought it back home to me. Oh, that's super cool. It was awesome. I hope that goes on forever. Me Not too. COVID, but I hope no. <laughs> no, speaking of COVID. Oh, but he did say they were planning to continue it. So, oh, good. I mean, I think it's just, we just don't know when, you know, when COVID stuff will settle down. So it's yeah. just kind of the, the new, the new normal for right now, I guess. Oh, Yes. Well, so, yeah. I, I mean, looking in the future, what, what is it going to look like? I have no idea. Yeah. I, um, so today's topic is actually COVID. Uh, I think we're just going to update what's been going on in our practice and, mm-hmm. and all of that. But, um, you know, I teach epidemiology at Midwives College of Utah, and I sent the students a really interesting article that talked about kind of three possible trajectories for COVID. Um, it was basically kind of like, um, you know, we have the big peak now, and then we continue really careful measures and continue to have a low, there will always be a number of cases now, but you know, where it stays stable mm-hmm. um, from here on out. Uh, the other one, of course, is the the one that we're seeing modeled more frequently, which is the idea that we'll have two big peaks. We'll have a recurrence in the fall or maybe even into the winter. Uh, where we have another big peak like we did in April. And then another is kind of like lots of little peaks, you know, just where we just, you know. Like that wave. I don't remember what the name of that wave is, but I saw a model, you know, where it's just like, just yeah. like a, like is that a, a sine big, wave? Is it a sine wave? I don't, maybe. I, I don't know. It I can't remember the name of it, but it's like a super long wave that kind of like rolls on its own power. Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't have really high peaks. But kind of like we're right, they're all lower. Like we do it, we have a yeah. little peak and people tighten up, and then we have a little improvement, and then we relax, and then we have another little wave and people tighten up, and it just kind of yeah. keeps going on like that. Um, I thought it was really interesting. Of hmm. course, nobody really knows. They're you know mathematical right. models that you know right it's predict their prediction models. Nobody knows for sure, and of course, it's all dependent on what people actually do. Right. There's a whole, there's millions of variables. <laughs> yes. Maybe billions. billions in fact. There's <laughs> billions of variables. Because there's multiple variables per individual and there's billions oh, of people. So. True. Oh my yeah. gosh. Crazy. 
crazy. Yeah. So um, how are you doing with the the new normal in your own life? I feel pretty good the last couple of weeks. Um, I feel like maybe I'm just getting used to it, I guess. Um, I, I have gone on a couple of runs into a store for something I needed, which I hadn't done in a long time. And I still feel uncomfortable doing that. But I do the mask and the gloves. And um, I know people criticize people who wear gloves and make fun of them and stuff. But some people do know how to wear gloves and take them <laughs> off and not contaminate themselves. Mm -hmm. And I am one of those people. So <laughs> I think that I think some of the criticism is that people don't necessarily know they're using the yes. gloves like their hands and then touching their face with the gloves. Right. <laughs> right. Or they're like touching their their purse or whatever. And mm -hmm. I have a system and I mm -hmm do not contaminate stuff mm -hmm. with my gloves. <laughs> I think the mask usage is also interesting. I see people struggling with how to wear a mask. Yes. Yeah. Um, a lot of touching it, a lot of fiddling yeah. with it, pulling it up and down. Um, you know, I think yeah. there's a little difference. The, the cloth masks, I think we should talk about masks a little bit. Okay. You know, I think there's a lot of confusion and a lot of criti criticism about the recommendations to wear cloth masks when you're out in public. And I just think it has to be reiterated that the point of the cloth masks is not to prevent the wearer. It's to prevent people from uh -huh. uh, spreading an infection yes. that they don't know they have, either A or pre-symptomatic infections. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't know why my light is like... <laughs> I don't know if somebody's like turning on the blender upstairs or something. I can't see it. So There's lots of light flickering happening in my house. Sorry <laughs> for you YouTube viewers. You get to see a little bit of that. If you were in my house, we would be blaming it on ghosts. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just bl I'm blaming our electric, our mid-century electrical system. We have three new ghosts today, by the way, because oh we lost, we lost our we lost three Your tadpoles. tadpoles. Oh, great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tadpole ghosts. Yes. <laughs> I hope they don't smell bad. I know. Me too. <laughs> anyway, so the, the purpose of the cloth mask is to protect other people. And I think that's where you've seen these memes that talk about it really is a sign of solidarity. It's a symbol that you care about others. Um, and it is effective uh, from preventing your droplets from spreading elsewhere. Right. It's somewhat effective in protecting you too. It is not as effective as the higher level medical masks that we would have. Even right. the surgical masks are not that protective. Um, and so I saw this conversation about masks on a Facebook group, which I really mm. need to stop. I need to stop. I know. I, it's so awful because I want, I need the social media to stay on top of current events and but it is so depressing and infuriating to see the things that people say it is it just it's, makes it's actually horrifying sick. it's horrifying yeah. yeah but it was a group of midwives and um somebody said something about masks you know are they even effective and i think there's just again there's so many variables what kind of mask how is it made how is it being mm -hmm. worn Right. But if masks weren't effective, they wouldn't be worn in surgery. Right. So remember that the surgical masks are protecting the patient whose body is open, who has an open body cavity. Right. And that is a very clear example yeah. of why surgical masks or a cloth mask would help protect other people. 
It is not about your own personal protection. Um, Yeah. Which is a totally, like, full stop, totally enough of a reason to wear a mask when you go out. Absolutely. The, you know, and the fact that there is probably some, you know, bit of protection for myself, that's nice, but it is really about the other people. And I feel really sad when I go into a place and there's like, you know, 60% of the people not wearing masks or more. Right. You know, so. I will say this. I'm not wearing one when I'm exercising. I'm exercising Mm -hmm. outside and uh, mostly in my neighborhood. When I'm in my neighborhood, it's very easy to cross the street and not even be on the same sidewalk as somebody else. Um, I have been for a couple walks around our office, which is a little more densely populated. And I've had people come up to me, come up behind me on the sidewalk and I wasn't wearing a mask and I felt bad about that. Although they shouldn't be coming up behind me on the sidewalk. <laughs> right. <laughs> Keeping, if they were jogging and going faster than me, yes. they should be birth, you know, right. Right. Go around. Um, it's very easy to stay 10 feet away from each other outside. And of course it dilutes the particulates and droplets yeah. and all of that being out in yeah. the fresh air. I do have a bandana on when I'm out exercising, but I do find it challenging. Um, and I've just put it up. Like if I see a person coming or hear a person coming up behind me, um, but it isn't great. You know, it is, it is a little bit warm and, you know, I certainly couldn't have it on the whole time or I would pass out. (laughs) I would struggle with the walking for exercise, but I could do it, but I absolutely cannot jog. No, with with running. No way. Can't do it. I I need all of the oxygen because I'm already struggling when I'm jogging. (laughs) It's not easy. Um, But I did read a pretty encouraging article about probably runners and bicyclists or not, that there's probably not a lot of transmission happening there. Um, oh really? But every little because bit I'm, is, I'm picturing like all of the they're breathing heavily aerosol coming out of their. Um, oh, it the is an article by an epidemiologist. I think um, I'll see if I can find it for the blog post to have the notes. But um, it talks about the time that you need to be in contact and the density of the particulates, and the, you know, it's mm. it's a big equation and because there's such quick pass it, you know, you're passing each other pretty quickly and you're outside. It's so when I pass a runner, I keep my mask on for like 50 feet after I pass them until I'm, you've I'm gone picturing, past where they, I'm picturing like the air is full of COVID, COVID yeah. spots. <laughs> it's probably not too bad. I think we can take some comfort in walking outside. That being said, so many people are out on trails right now, Mm -hmm. and um, I found myself on a trail on Sunday or Saturday and didn't have very much, um, I didn't have much in the way of protection, and I, because I didn't think anyone was going to be there, and there were a lot of people, so I was a little uh, uncomfortable and and embarrassed that I hadn't prepared quite adequately Mm -hmm. for that either, so. Right. Um, Yeah. But so when, when we're talking about protecting ourselves, we're talking about a different kind of mask. We're talking about a respirator, mm-hmm. um, which is, as now everybody knows, an N95. Um, we have something. We don't, we have N95s on order. <laughs> I am hoping will they, they will be here arrive? soon. We do not know. It said May 15th is the date they should be shipped out. So hopefully they're coming. But um, 
but we have a, a K in 90, we have K in 95s, which is the Chinese version of an N95, apparently. I don't know. <clears throat> I, I read something about it, but I wasn't really clear. Yeah, what it is, so. I'm just hoping. I've also seen articles about um, fraudulent or yeah. Uh, what's I'm the word sure I'm looking for? Like knockoffs. <laughs> yeah, knockoffs or counterfeit, counterfeit, counterfeit. respirators. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure they're everywhere. Um, I don't know. We just have to do our best, and we have to wear a mask when we're with people, and any face covering is better than none, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I wish everybody felt the same way, mm -hmm. but you know, we still encounter people that don't. So, mm -hmm. and we have asked our clients to wear masks to the office. We wouldn't expect them to wear masks in labor. Uh, I just think that would be really hard. Although I have seen in some hospitals, they are asking it. And I've heard, I've listened to some podcasts and people are saying, you know, it's actually not that bad because you're in labor and you're so focused on just doing the work of labor that it wasn't yeah. as bad as they thought it would be. However, oh, I good. wouldn't, right now at this point, I wouldn't feel good about it. Right. And, you know, who knows what could change in the future. But, um, you know, wearing the mask to the office is really important because you are protecting not only us, but all of the people that come in contact with us, which is a whole bunch of other pregnant people mm -hmm. and babies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, right. I mean, yeah. theoretically, and I think this is part of my frustration. So I just want to say up front, I have no patience for the conspiracy theories. None. Mm. I don't want to hear them. They hold no weight for me. Um, and yeah. so the there is a certain percentage of providers that I see out there, not just midwives. I've seen it from some chiropractors. I've seen it from some different provider types that clearly are on this ideological, um, they, they're in a different ideological place that they do not think this is a real thing. And they're right. not, um, or they might think it's a real thing, but they they, if they, either they don't think it's a real thing or they clearly don't understand the potential severity of this. Right. Um, and the, I've seen some photos on Facebook and um, people out there not, not using appropriate PPE and not having, um, I don't know if I want to say, not having clear expectations for the people that they're working with. Right. The thing, I've seen this three times today. So it's, it must be the new thing that got flipped around, but the, um, I've seen three different people say it has a 98% survival rate. And so what's the big, by the way, that's deal? not that good. That's not that good. That's a 2% That's a terrible rate. <laughs> case fatality rate. Yes. Yeah. So, so this is like a spin on it, but it's like that 2% is a lot of people and, um, People I know are starting to die. I don't know if that's happening to everybody, but it's um, happening to a lot of people. So in those that's a people terrible are... case fatality yes. rate of a yes. virus. I mean, yeah, you yeah. Know, so the people that can't let go of this false flu comparison, yeah, the, I believe I don't really know. I should have looked it up before, but I believe the case fatality rate of the flu is closer to 0.1 percent. Mm -hmm. So I think that sounds. Does that sound right? Sounds like what we've talked about before. Yeah. 
So it's huge, right? And that, that, so it's a lot that's of people. That's 10 to 20% higher. Or, a lot of special I mean, people that die. That's, yeah. Not but, 10 to 20% higher. Hang on. That math was way wrong. That's it's many times thousands higher. of times higher. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting my percentages and my, my ratios mixed up. Sorry. Hang on. I'm going to do the math. Okay. Let's say that coronavirus has a 1% fatality rate. Um, so that is 0.01 and the flu is 0.0001. It's a hundred times higher. So it's 100 to 200 times higher. Yeah, that's bad. It is bad. So it's illogical and but of course, then there's the people that say that it's not true at all anyway. And, you know, so it's, it's just very frustrating and disappointing and makes me ashamed to be a human some days. Yeah. I mean, I just don't even mind saying it right now. I don't even, like, I think when this all started months ago, we would have been really careful about offending certain groups of people. And right now I'm just going to say, I don't have the patience for this. It is a yeah. real thing. If you don't think it's a real thing, you're probably going to want to go find midwives that think it's not a real thing too, because we're going right. to have guidelines that we expect. Yeah. We cannot put our whole entire practice and our families and ourselves at risk yeah. because one person doesn't think it's a real thing. That, right. is, that is just not fair. That's not fair to the rest of the people. Yes. Yes. So... So we've yeah. added a addendum, uh, you know, nobody has really had a problem or has verbalized much of a problem with it. Um, we've had pretty good agreement about it, but where we've made it really clear, these are the expectations. Also, we can't attend your birth if you have any symptoms in your household. We no. don't have perfect PPE. We are not physicians. We're not equipped to deal with infectious disease situations. And there's real risks associated with COVID for, um, you know, we've seen some clotting concerns. We've seen babies have been sick. It's not luckily this is infections, placental infections. Yeah. So it's not a high percentage of the people that are being infected that have these complications, but they're not things that we can appropriately diagnose or manage. So the appropriate place for anybody who's sick is in the hospital where they can deal with these things. Um, so I know yeah, it's, it's, it's true. rough, but it's important to remember that there's a number of reasons that you could end up in the hospital, a number of reasons. It's not just COVID. You could be fatigued. You could have, um, your water could break and we can't get labor started. You know, that's kind of anytime you have kind of a fever, anytime you fever, have yeah. elevated blood pressure, you know, signs of infection in general, you know, we could walk in and listen to the baby and they don't sound yeah. great. And, yeah. you know, we yeah. have to just always adapt to what the situation's presenting. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Yeah. What else do so, you feel like, you know, have you changed or what's been, I don't know, what's evolved in the new world for you? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, we're having a little bit of trouble with the social distancing as it goes on. So there's like this, mm-hmm. it's a combination of we're getting used to it and it's not such a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then you have days where it's really painful because you really want to do whatever it is. You want to go see your friends. You want to go 
you know, like mm-hmm. one of the kids was going to do figure skating lessons and this summer. And, you know, that actually was in the spring. And then we're like, maybe in the summer. And then, you know, probably. Maybe in 2022. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, and, um, you know, we're worried about all the fun stuff we wanted to do this year and you know just like that kind of thing but for the most part is you know in terms of day-to-day life we're fine and um, oh I was gonna say you know we've we've started going back to doing some necessary medical visits and Mm -hmm. dental visits so you know and I just want to put it out there that the the dental providers and we had an eye appointment that somebody broke their glasses of course in the middle of a pandemic so we had to go get timing and um you know every single provider that we've had contact with has been really clear about what their expectations are for us to go into Mm -hmm. their office and you know we would not be allowed into their office without a mask period Mm -hmm. and um i do not see why any of the healthcare providers including crunchy midwives such as ourselves would be any different than that we should be setting mm-hmm. expectations that keep the other people in our practice safe at the mm-hmm. end i think i mentioned this i don't remember if i mentioned it on mod midwives or if it was just a conversation that we had sometimes mod midwives just feels like a conversation it's that we true. have <laughs> today's mod midwives is just going to feel like a conversation um it's funny because Dr. Stu and Bliss have turned their podcast into, they, they're calling it Fireside Chats now because they're doing the same kind of thing remotely. Oh, so. <laughs> that's cute. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Anyway, um, you know, I recently completed the EMT training with my son. Mm-hmm. Um, my middle son is really interested in um, emergency medicine and all of that kind of stuff. And he, but he struggled. He took the his first EMT class really young. He had just barely turned 18 and uh, didn't pass the exam. So we thought, you know, let's take this together. I think that having an accountability partner, having someone to just make it kind of part of your daily things that you talk about, I think that makes it easier to immerse yourself in the world. Anyway, so I took this EMT class with Liam. And um, the very first thing you learn, literally the first thing you learn is to protect yourself. And so the first thing you do is you don your PPE, you assess the situation for safety, and you decide whether it's safe for you to continue or not. That is an expectation in the healthcare system. And I think that it's not an expectation for midwives. It is not. It is not an expectation. We all are elbow deep in people's fluids and we're comfortable there because we know our people and all of this, but that does not make it okay. That is it doesn't okay. make it okay. <laughs> and we do so many things that are, yeah. I just, now that we have these new, this new standard, mm-hmm. I realize how many things we've been doing. Like, I'm really curious to see if you're going to take your shoes off at a birth. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is not happening. <laughs> what? <laughs> I never take my shoes off. I mean, your, you Twitter, your Twitter bio literally says barefoot midwife. <laughs> oh shoot, I'll go change that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying I there's so many things we're going to have to change. Um, I never like to be barefoot at a birth. I've stepped in too many things with my socks yes. and I hate gross socks on. So, oh, yes. but what I have been doing is I 
have these a couple pairs of minimalist sneakers that don't have a lot of structure and I just throw them in the washer with my scrubs when I get home. So I'm washing them. So for people that don't want people with shoes on in their house, at least you know that I've washed my shoes yes. every time that I've worn them. Uh, and yeah. I will be wearing shoes. I just, I'm going yeah, to wear shoes. No, we have to wear shoes. And I yeah. bought, um, I bought clogs. I bought clogs that I wipe mm-hmm. down every time before I go in the house. Mm-hmm. So that's a good idea. That's another yeah. good option. I can't clogs twist my ankle. Although I don't know if the Crocs ones would, they probably wouldn't. Did you get Crocs? No, I don't remember the brand. They're like knockoff dance goes. Oh yeah. You saw, you saw, saw what that. happened to me yeah. in dance goes. I yeah. just, randomly my ankle twists and I fall down in them all the time it's horrible that was so embarrassing uh no awful yeah so it's an anti-dance right for your feet yeah I might be able to but the uh crocs have holes do they all have holes there might be there might be no you can buy crocs without holes um but those are good too because you can wipe them off yeah um so, you know, and we wear scrubs all the time now too. So mm-hmm. you can't be barefoot with scrubs. That's just not, that's a mm-hmm. silly look. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had a student that was planning to come stay sometime here and we've been kind of rethinking how we're going to do that. And uh, she probably will be here in June, but it's mm-hmm. interesting because our agreement, uh, you have to just sign a clinical practice agreement or clinical training agreement with the school. And in past agreements, I've been like, you know, just dress business casual, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm like scrubs. Like that is all that we wear because we have to wash our clothes in hot water every time that we wear them. Yeah. Um, And I think those things are not going to change for a long time. I think it's going to, those are the things that are going to become habit. Yeah. I think so too. I think it's just going to be like that and it's fine. And It'll mm-hmm. just, it changes the, the landscape a little bit, but I don't think, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to wear scrubs to the office. It's fine. No, it's no, fine. except that I found <laughs> myself looking at clothes today again. I know it is. There is that little, like I've caught myself several times saying, oh, I need to go buy this. And then like, well, I actually don't have any reason to wear any cute clothes. <laughs> None. It's so sad. Yes, because even if I, even on the rare occasions that I am going to go out to, you know, get something in a store, it, um, I'm not wearing something cute. I'm wearing something I can take off and throw in the washer. Mm -hmm. I'm literally either wearing workout clothes. Today I was going to go for a walk, although, well, maybe I still will. Um, It looks like it was going to rain, but maybe it's not. Um, Anyway, it was either, I either wear workout clothes or scrubs yep basically yep. it um what else do you want to talk about like anything else with um I don't know it's it's uh I think I think just what I was interested in today is just really trying to express how important it is to the other people you encounter to wear face protection and wash your hands and all the things, even if you think it's dumb, just think about the other people, the immune compromised people, the old people, the young people, the pregnant people that, you know, just, or the people that are going to come in contact with them. You know, it's, I think it's really important though, to mention mm -hmm. that this virus is really random. Yes. There are groups with higher percentages, but there are really healthy people just dropping dead. Yeah, I mean, and and the, that's the thing is I don't even know what it is. It, it attacks multiple organ systems in different ways, and 
So of course somebody our age could die if mm -hmm. children have well, died. Well, I'm, I'm not that young. <laughs> this whole thing is like 50 and up. Guess what? I'm 47. I mean, I'm not that far away from an at-risk group. So yeah. I did this thing I, for, I, oh, I didn't complete it, but there was a thing, a risk assessment um, survey oh, yeah, I did, going I around. Did, that too. did you do it? I was I like 78 percent. I couldn't push. I couldn't push it. I don't know what my results were because I, I was like, your 78 percent chance you're going to get it. Oh, I wanted to mention that I did do the antibody testing. Um, oh. We have clients who have a functional medicine practice and they are able to offer the IgG and IgM. IgG detects a past infection and IgM detects a current infection. We can offer IgG only, although I don't complete, we haven't done it yet. So I don't really know how that's going to work, but I wanted to see the IgM too. And it's really hard to get in. There's a hospital here that's doing it, drive-by testing, but it's hard to schedule. So anyway, my lovely client who was in at a, an appointment, I said, oh, I found out she could do it. And then I asked her to draw my blood. And she graciously did it, took it back to her office and ran the results. And I was negative. And I haven't been sick. I didn't have any reason to think that I potentially had it. Yeah. But I was hopeful because we're, we uh, we're talking hope, about that asymptomatic yeah. infection. Yeah. We hope that we had an asymptomatic infection or that we, you know, that scratchy throat we had or that mild cough or whatever was COVID and then yeah. we're done with it, right? <laughs> Although I will say I would be a little distressed if I did have an asymptomatic infection because that means I wouldn't have been quarantined. Right. Um, appropriately. So you were just running around town. It to I mean, everybody. I'm not, not running around town <laughs> doing things, <laughs> but in clinic, again, yeah. you know, I'm wearing a surgical mask in clinic, not a N95. So, you know, one would hope that it would be protective, but I wouldn't want to be in the position of potentially thinking did you that I'd watch, uh, Did you watch the governor's update when he went to go see the president? Okay. So he says that when you go in there, they've got a rapid test. They test everybody every day that comes in contact with the president. And it's just a, like a twirly swab in the nose. It's not mm -hmm. the like brain, brain swab. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like no big deal. And they do it every day and it takes 15 minutes. So that's what we all need. So, so where, I just where want to it? point out, <laughs> it's infuriating mm -hmm. that that is the protocol for the White House when yeah. they're downplaying the whole infection. If they really don't think it's such a big deal, why are they testing everybody with a rapid test that nobody else has access to except hospitals? Yeah, we all need access to this test. I mean, yeah, it's infuriating. Mm -hmm. It is infuriating. Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. I, this is the most political we've ever been on Mod Midwives. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Hashtag I don't care anymore. <laughs> I know it drives you to insanity, and this is what happened a few years ago, where you start being you don't care, you don't care if people unfriend you or don't hire you or anything like that, mm -hmm. because it's just maddening. It's absolutely maddening. It's maddening, mm -hmm. and I just I really want I don't know I don't know who all listens to us. I get um I get messages randomly. On, in email and um, sometimes students of mine will say things that, oh, I heard your podcast. I don't know who hears us, but I want this message for birth workers to be loud and clear that you have a big responsibility here and you are being 
so irresponsible when you're not displaying appropriate protective measures um, and then and then flaunting that on social media. It's not okay. It's not okay. Yeah. And I and we have had people say to us, I'd really like to work with this doula, but I see that she's not social distancing. I don't think I can hire her. So it is, you know, is this impacting our business? Absolutely. Somebody is going to listen to this and say, you know, that we, you know, we're not aware of the the truth and, and we, don't know, say, the, we don't know yeah, the truth about the government. We don't know the truth about the government and they're going <laughs> to yes. not call us and not hire us. I know this is true, but you should also know that if you're not social distancing and you're um, displaying reckless behavior, you're not getting called too. So I think that's my message. It's not, it does not reflect well on you as a health provider. Um, yep. And I wouldn't call somebody who was doing that to assist me at a birth. I wouldn't call them for backup. I just, I wouldn't do it. We have to, we have a, we have a huge responsibility. This feels like the responsibility when I first became a midwife and I was like, wow, that's, or when I first thought about becoming a midwife and I thought that is a lot of responsibility. That, oh my that exact responsibility is still on our shoulders and it's, it's yeah. COVID now. It's just, it's, it's just a little different than we thought it would be. Yeah. But um, yeah, we have to do everything we can to keep our people safe. And um, oh my gosh, it's so much. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I've also had people say, you know, we really appreciate that you're taking these actions mm -hmm. because we feel safer in your care. So yes. Yes. Can't please all the people all the time. No. We're going to err on the side of caution. Yeah. An abundance of caution, Nedra. <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> my favorite new thing to say. <laughs> so, oh, and then maybe I was going to say, you know, we talked about what we were doing with water birth in a previous episode. We do have some additional PPE now. Uh, we have some gowns. So I think we have a little more protection for ourselves. I think we'll see some evolution of relaxation mm -hmm. again. You know, so we had strict sure. things and I think we'll see some. So there's hope. There's always hope. Um, yeah. You can expect that uh, you, you can absolutely expect us to show up to your house with a mask on when we walk in. You won't see us without it because we'll only take it off in kind of outside settings. Yeah. Um, we have to figure out how to not get dehydrated and starving in, yeah. with the masks situation. That's tough. There's a learning curve there. So you'll probably see a step out to our car. You know, you'll see different things like that happen that maybe we wouldn't normally do, but um, you might see us in a gown. You'll see us in scrubs, but just know that we we're doing it for your protection and our protection. We get to protect ourselves too. Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> that was a little, <laughs> that was a little intense, but it was oh well. intense. It got, got, that got real people. So I hate to do this, but my phone is ringing and it is one okay. of our clients. Oh, somebody might be in labor. All right. We'll that's see. it for my good vibes. All right. Bye, Nedra. Go ahead and hang up. Bye. Um, everybody else can follow us on um, social media at Mod Midwives, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or uh, you can find us on um, the, uh, our, our regular webpage is www.metromidwifery.com and you can find our podcast page at www.modmidwives.com. And now that we're doing Zoom, we are um, also on YouTube. 
pretty, pretty consistently for the past few weeks. So thanks for joining us and have a great week. Bye.